It's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Come inside, it's fun inside. It's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Roll call! Hey guys, welcome back. We're your hosts, Jillian and Alex, and today's viewer topic was sent in by a fan who just came back from their own vacation and asked us to talk about Walt Disney. You know, over the weekend, the new Star Wars ride, Rise of the Resistance, opened at Disneyland in California, and the crowds, they were huge. Lines were crazy, but I'd wait in them. Yeah, and you know I wouldn't. As most of our listeners know, the Disney name is known for its classic animated movies, memorable and fun theme parks, and a lasting legacy of happiness and inspiration. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. While the current state of the Disney company is thriving off of diversity and openness, this wasn't always the case. Personally, I love classic Disney movies, but some of their oldest movies reveal the political and social aspects of Walt Disney's life that must be called into question. Pick any of their earliest movies, and sadly, you'd be likely to find some racist or anti-Semitic stereotype. How about the original Dumbo, which released in 1941? Well, recurring characters in that movie, called the Jim Crows, are reflective of the hardships and stereotypes placed on African Americans in that time period. Dumbo! The ninth wonder of the universe! <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see an elephant fly? <laughs> well, I see the horse fly. <laughs> Two other examples are in Peter Pan, with the harsh depictive of Native Americans, and in the short The Three Little Pigs, in which the Big Bad Wolf was originally depicted as a Jewish peddler. At this point, you might be saying, these were just movies. It's not like they reflected all of Walt Disney's ideas. Well, for the most part, you may be right, but Walt was not without his fault. His own personal biographer said that he willingly, even enthusiastically, embraced anti-Semites and cast his fate with them. Yet, the holy grail of Walt's racism lies in the 1946 release of Song of the South, a movie he was incredibly proud of, which tells the tale of Uncle Remus, a slave, and his adventures with younger children and featured the popular animated character of Briar Rabbit. Yes, sir! But please don't fling me in that Briar Pet! The movie was financially and critically a disaster, immediately being panned for its racist depictions. Most people don't even know about this movie, as the company often tries hard to hide it. The new Disney Plus streaming service features many of these older movies, but it has a warning saying, this program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. Dumbo and Peter Pan can both be found here, but Song of the South is nowhere to be found. Br'er Rabbit, which some of you listeners may remember, is the main character of the fan-favorite Disney ride, Splash Mountain. It's crazy how most people never even knew he was associated with this old racist movie. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. This is such a cheerful song, and the ride is a favorite from Disney fans around the world. This, Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, just to name a few, are all aspects of the amazing parts of Walt Disney's life and imagination. This stark contrast calls into question, is it possible to separate the current and great memories of the Disney company with the older, racist, outdated views of Walt Disney? For us, this answer is a resounding yes. With other recent scandals with celebrities, like Michael Jackson, it is important to decide if art can be separated from the artist. The largest reason for us to be able to separate Walt's past from the company's current state is the simple fact that the magic of Disney was made possible by hundreds and even thousands of other people, not just Walt. Exactly. Two important figureheads represent this idea. The first is Oob Iwerks, Walt's best friend from university and partner as he started off his Laugh-O-Gram animation studios. 
The twist here is that Oob was actually the creator of Mickey Mouse, yet Walt is genuinely credited with it. This isn't to say Walt stole Mickey Mouse, it's just that it wasn't just his idea. The second important figure was actually Walt's brother, Roy Disney. Roy was always the money man and Walt's financial advisor, but he was known for making many of the most important decisions in the company. After Walt's passing, Roy made it his mission to make sure that Disney World in Florida was completed, and he supervised the creation of Epcot, which was Walt's dream project of the ideal future. Walt Disney World is a tribute to the philosophy and the life of Walter Elias Disney, and to the talents, the dedication, and the loyalty of the entire Disney organization that made Walt Disney's dream come true. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place. Along with these two, there are of course hundreds of men and women who work day and night perfecting their craft and animating classic Disney movies. And in more modern times, there are hundreds of so-called Imagineers who design all the rides and attractions in the Disney theme parks. The legacy of Disney is much more than Walt himself, and has thankfully become a timeless name separate from its creator's personal life. Well, Disney is a name that will always mean more than just one man, and Walt himself knew that. At a certain point, the Disney name did not belong to him anymore. It belonged to everyone who helped his dream and continues his legacy. While the Disney legacy is filled with happiness and imagination, we cannot ignore Walt's past and his personal life. And as issues such as this become more relevant, it's important that they are discussed. Disney will always be a magical name, but it doesn't mean we have to pretend that Walt was always as magical of a man himself.